Well, good morning. How's everybody doing today? All right. Awesome. Awesome. Turn the person next to you and say, man, I'm at church today and I can have some fun and be a little loud. Okay. Thank you. That's what I'm looking for. Hey, I'm Nate Krizik. I'm one of the pastors here on staff. Like Pastor Jeff said, uh, if you weren't here, uh, I am the next generation pastor. I get to work with all the young adults. So we, I'm just so excited to be with you. My wife, Drew and I, we are honored to be able to serve the next generation of young adults here at New Life. And so we want to welcome all of you today that are here in the main auditorium. Thank you so much for being here. We're glad that you're here. Those of you in the balcony as well. Thanks for serving here with us. We also want to welcome all of you who are out in North Platte, all my friends and family that are out there. I'm originally from North Platte. So hello, North Platte, Pastor Dave and Tiffany. They're amazing. They're doing incredible things out there. So if you're ever out west, Stop by our North Platte campus. Also, we want to welcome all of my friends down in the venue. Down in the venue. That's typically where I hang out every Sunday, so it's, it's, a, it's a pleasure to be up here in the main. All of you online, thank you so much for worshiping with us, too. We are glad that you're here. How many people are doing good? Anybody enjoying the nice weather that we've had the last couple days? Man, it's great, right? Praise the Lord. I mean, that's what I love about uh, Nebraska. I love four seasons. I just love how it changes, and I get excited. How many people are excited for school to start? Yes. If you didn't hear that, North Platte or the venue, those were all moms cheering because they're excited for schedule, routine, get their kids back into that. So um, maybe you were cheering out there as well in the venue in North Platte. But yeah, it's, it's that time of year again. Everybody's getting ready to gear back up for school and get back in. So if you're a college student today, we are so glad that you're here. Give it up for all our college students around all of our locations. So if you are, here, let me get them all right, Central Community College, Mid Plains Community College, UNMC or UNK, we are glad that you're here. So if you're attending all of those, or hey, we've even started a leadership college here at New Life, and so there's a few students that are taking Bible classes with us, so thanks for being with us as well. So if you're, if you're new today, if this is your first time in New Life, thank you so much for choosing to worship with us. We hope that you find a warm and friendly church where you can get connected and grow in your spiritual walk. We are in week three, everybody say three three of our uh, campfire teaching series. How many people love campfires? Anybody experienced a campfire this summer? What are you guys, not pyros? Like you don't like fire? Like all my people out in the venue in North Platte are going, yeah, fire! The main, they don't like fire. So, um, but yeah, campfire series, and it's a, it's a met- metaphor for God's presence. Um, just like in the summertime or when it gets cooler, we surround ourselves around a campfire. We find ourselves hanging out with people. How many of you are people that when you, you know, you go up to a campfire, you sit like this? No, right? You're all like, woo, I'm engaged. Like you love fire, you know? Like you're engaged usually if you're, you know, Hopefully, if you hang out around a campfire, it's with other people. If you like to sit at a campfire by yourself, we have a class for that, so just meet with me afterwards. We'll get you connected with some people. But usually when you go to a campfire, it's like you're engaged. What? How many people like s'mores? S'more people out there? Yeah, woo! Okay, cool, awesome. I don't like s'mores, but I'm glad you guys do. So, uh, yeah, but when we go to a campfire, we usually engage in conversation. It, you know, it's fun. It's a great atmosphere. Stories are told. Um, But also, we surround ourselves as Christians around a campfire of God's presence, amen? And there's multiple ways that you can do that at at New Life. There's a number of ways. So one of the ways that we do a campfire setting is right here on Sunday mornings. You show up to church in more of a big, larger campfire um, setting, but there's also midweek activities for our our children and for our youth ministry, high school and middle school. And if you're a college student and you're like, man, I would love to serve in in a ministry that's going places and doing awesome things, you should come talk to me as well after service. We'd love to get you connected to our youth pastors, Pastor Matt, Pastor Javen, they're doing incredible things, and Pastor Dave out in North Platte. So uh, a lot of different ways to get connected 
and, and be or surround ourselves around a spiritual fire. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. The last, if you haven't been here for the last few weeks, or maybe, you, you know, you, your new life is your regular place of attending, but you haven't been here, Pastor Dave kicked us off with this series, and he talked about being refreshed. When you surround yourself around a physical fire and a spiritual fire, you are refreshed. Last week, Pastor Jeff spoke about being recharged. When you surround yourself around people and a fire of God, you are recharged. Today, we're going to talk about being reignited. How many people like that want to be reignited? Amen? All of us probably do. We're going to talk about passion today. How many of you are like super passionate people? No, nobody's described you? Come on. People all the time describe me like, Nate, you're super passionate. And usually it's when I'm wearing a shirt that's kind of more see-through and I'm sweating a lot. They're like, you're just passionate all the time. I'm like, well, thank you. But we're, today we're going to look at passion, what that looks like. And the thing you need to know, it's, it's not about a personality. Passion can't be about a personality only. Because it left to our own passions and our own demise, we will, we will destruct. We will self-destruct. We will do things that are, are not godly and not good. So today, don't just go, well, he's super passionate. I need to be like him. No, you be you. But as we grow, as we grow today in this sermon, as it moves forward, let's be people who draw close to God because it's a heart, really. It's all about a heart, a passionate heart for God that is changed by God. Amen? Amen. Okay, so how many people love Olympics? You've been enjoying the Olympics? Today is the final day. This is bad. I know. It's super sad. Over the last 16 days, we've been watching the Olympics. If your life was boring before then, it's going to get even worse. So, you know, whatever. But, you know, passion is a big deal. And, and when you watch the Olympics, you notice passionate people, right? You know? Simone Biles. She's like, she's fun size. She's 4'8". She's power packed. Okay, so just so you know, um, it's, not, it's not politically correct to call people short anymore. You just call them the fun size. Man, you're fun size. All the short people are going, yes, thank you, thank you. But yeah, she's fun size. She's nuts, man. She's crazy. I mean, she's not crazy, but she's awesome at what she does. Uh, if you're like me, you know, you've probably been showing up to work pretty tired every day for the last 16 days. You're staying up till 11 o'clock watching the Olympics. And I had to tell Pastor Jeff that I'm sorry I haven't been very productive the last 16 days because I've been like super just tired because I watched the Olympics. But if you're like me, you're watching the Olympics and you're watching all these different athletes are super passionate about their sport and, and they're giving it all. And so you watch Simone Biles and you watch Michael Phelps. And I don't know about you, but you, you, you mean, when you, you just get caught up in the moment of their passion, you see it in their body, you see it in, in just everything that they do, and if you're like me, you're like, when they win, you're like, USA, USA, my wife's like, hey, can you keep it down? It's like 1030 at night, but I get caught up and get excited ab- about the Olympics, and I know it's coming to an end, but it's been amazing, and it, it's fun to, to watch and see those passionate people, because see, nothing amazing that has ever been or ever will be, will be without someone who's passionate. See, passion is what causes movement in music. How many people like music? You like to dance, you know? A good beat comes on, you're like, mm-hmm. I'm white, sorry, I shouldn't dance. But passion is what causes movement to be created in music. Creative dramas and books are written with, with passion. Passionate athletes go from being good to great. See, injustice is defeated when passionate people work together for a common cause Passion is what energizes us to get up in the morning. How many of you are passionate this morning and you're glad you got up today? A few of you. All right, good. Good. Hopefully you got up energized going, I'm going to church. Woo, going to church. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm passionate about it. See, without passion, life's boring, right? It can be dull. It's just like, man, what is this life all about without passion? But we've got to focus our passion. 
And see, that's what we see in those athletes who are, were in the Olympics. We see a passion in them. A passion that carries them through long years of strenuous mental and physical training. They're, they're, they, they calculate their diet. They, they challenge themselves to exercise. Each and every day they get up to participate to make themselves better. Uh, Katie Ledecky, she's one of the swimmers. She's a four-time gold swimming medalist, and she was interviewed at the end of her time in Rio, and they said, what's the one thing you look forward to now that you're done with your races? This is what she said. Pizza. I can't wait to have pizza. So here's the inside scoop. If you want to be an Olympian, just don't eat pizza, okay? No, but she was like, man, I'm so excited. She's like, I've been just working so hard. I've, you know, I've disciplined my body. I've disciplined myself to not, to not eat certain things. I've disciplined myself to get up early. And she's like, man, I just can't wait to eat a whole pizza by myself. I'm like, right on. But she's passionate. She was passionate about her sport. And as Christians, our passion should be just the same as those, if not greater. Amen, church? If they're passionate about a sport, that they're going to win a medal, that where, where rust and moth are just going to destroy it, the Bible says, then we should, be, we, are, we should be more passionate than they are about Jesus, who is our, the Savior and the Lord of our lives, who is the hope of the world and the reason for our being. Amen? We should be passionate people. See, our greatest reward is, is when, we, when we get to the end of our day, we, should, we would, should want to hear, man, well done, good and faithful servant. You did awesome. You did it my way. You did it the way that I designed you and created you to be. We should be wanting to hear that. Uh, there's a verse in 1 Corinthians 9.25 that says this, all athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So what is it we do? We should learn we should desire to love God with all. We should desire to love people with all. Amen? That should be our hope. That should be our desire. That should be the passion that gets us up each and every morning. But how do we generate an Olympic-sized passion within ourselves um, for our Christian walk when we're just ordinary people? You and I, would, if, you were to, if we were to look into the mirror, we'd just go, yeah, I'm just an ordinary guy. But how do we, how do we grow our passion? How do we sustain our passion we see the Olympians do it, so how, do, how should we do it? First off, you've got to spend time at the campfire of an extraordinary God. What's the, what does that really mean? That means to have a spend solo time between you and God. Spend time with just you and God. It's not necessarily going to a life group, going to you know, church, but it's just you and God. Getting alone and saying, God, here I am. I want to spend my time connecting with you. Would you pour into me? Would you change me? Would, if my passion level is low, would you help Fill my cup to overflowing, amen? James 4, 8 says this. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. It's a promise. If you come close to God, God will come close to who? You. It's a promise. It's not like, well, I'm going to play hide and seek from you. If you come close to me, ha, 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 I'm not going to come close to you. No, it's if you come close to me, I'm going to come close to you. Jeremiah 29 says this, 13 through 14. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. I love this word right here, seek. Seek. You will seek. It's an, it's an action. It's a verb. I will seek. How many of you like to play hide-and-go-seek? Any of you? Okay, if you don't. How many of you have kids? They like to play hide-and-go-seek? Okay, none of, nobody here in the, in the main auditorium has kids or likes to play hide-and-go-seek. Let's go back to when we were children. Did we like to play hide-and-go-seek? Yeah, some of us did, right? We loved to go after and seek after the people. But we also like to hide sometimes. 
I have a dog. His name's River. He's a nine-month-old yellow lab. I love him. He's awesome. We're, we're doing a lot of training. I'm going to run field trials with this dog. Um, he's really smart. And, uh, and so we do, I do a training exercise where I take him out into a field. And then off on the edge of the field, there's a lot of trees. And so what I do is I say, sit, stay. He stays. And I'll go wander off and walk away. He knows when I hit the whistle twice, beep, beep, that means game on. I got to go find this dude. And he comes. What does he do? He comes intensely, passionately chasing, trying to find me. And what does he do? Because everybody has a dog. You know what the dogs do? They like to lick your face, man. When he finds me, I get down. I'm like, yeah, way to go, buddy. Way to go. It's like, "Ah!" we need to be like that with God. We should be passionately pursuing God, saying, God, I need you. If I'm lacking anything, I need you, God. You're what I desire. Just like my dog, River. Man, he comes after me and just wants to lick my face. I'm not saying you should lick the face of God, or could you, but be passionate about him. Be passionate about him. Seek after him. Spend time at a campfire of an extraordinary God. Seek after him. This summer, my wife and I, we built a a fire pit. We were doing some landscaping at our house, and so we took out a bunch of rock and uh, we cleared up an open air area, and there was these two beautiful big trees. I'm not a tree guy, but they're beautiful. If you want to see them, come over to my house anytime. I'll show you my trees. Um, and so I was like, what do you want to do, babe? In between those trees, she's like, let's build a fire pit. I'm like, awesome. More work for me. Yeah, let's do it. And so she's like, let's build a fire pit. And I said, okay. I was like, you know, do we just want one of those, you know, you know metal one cylinder where I can just buy it, maybe put some screws in it, it'll be good to go, slap it together. She's like, no, let's go to Menards and let's buy, um, like, a brick one. And I said, okay. So we went and we bought a kit. And I'm in a life group, okay? So I have guys that are in my life group that are super passionate about constructing things. And so I'm a let's work smarter, not harder type of guy. And so I said, man, I know this can go a lot quicker if I just call the right guys. And so, because if it was left to me, it would take me probably an hour, hour and a half to build this thing because it's like a puzzle to me and I'm going, oh, uh, whatever. And so I call these guys and they're passionate about building things. So they come over to my, come over to my house in 20 minutes. They have this fire pit erected and it's beautiful. And so I was like, hey, do you guys want to stay for the fire pit? They're like, absolutely. So the summer goes on. That was at the beginning of the summer. Now we're coming to the end of the summer. You know how many times we've used that fire pit? <gasps> two times. <laughs> only two times. I mean, we're passionate about a fire pit. Woo! But we only, had it, we only used it twice. And it was a picture that God showed me. He said, Nate, that fire pit, you can get so much from that fire pit. Man, when you, when you sit around a fire pit with people, conversation takes place. You're, re- you're refreshed. You're, you're encouraged. Um, you're recharged. You, your passion can be reignited as you hear stories of what God's doing in your life. Um, but you've only, only done that twice. And God said, man, I, I wonder if that's what you're doing with me. You're missing out on what I have best for you. You see me, you know me, you have, you have, all of us have a Bible, probably many of us, if I went to your house, you could probably pull out a plethora of Bibles, and you would say, yeah, look at all the Bibles we have, but there's people all around the world that would just, would die to have one Bible, you know what I'm saying? And so we're such in a, a Christianized culture where it's like, oh, I'll get to Jesus when, you know, sometime, no, no big deal, and we miss out on what God's best is. And so I want to challenge you, church, and challenge myself that what I'm, what I'm preaching today is I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, I don't, I don't want to preach something that's just head knowledge. I want to preach something that I'm, I'm doing and I'm practicing. So what I'm saying to you, if you, if you want to increase your passion and your walk with the Lord, you've got to intentionally spend time with him. You've got to discipline your body just like the athletes were doing in the verse it was talking about. You have to discipline your body. 
so that you can open yourself up for God to infill you so that you can then outflow into the world around you. God wants to pour into you a passion and desire for his name. Amen, church? Amen. It's all about connecting with him. See, God's idea is God is looking for ordinary people empowered by him to do extraordinary things. Let me me say that again. God is looking for ordinary people empowered by him to do extraordinary things. You and I, we're just really ordinary, but with God, we're extraordinary. Amen? No, anything is possible with God. With Nate, nah, you're very limited. He can't even build, you know, a fire pit. But with God, all things are possible. Nothing is too big, too large, too minute, too small for God. He wants to be involved in all areas of our lives. The smallest and greatest details he wants to be a part of if we allow him to. Don't compartmentalize yourself from God. Say, God, have all of me. Burn inside of me. Change my heart. See, when we spend time at a campfire of God, something happens in each of us. Our passion for God increases. I believe if you'll practice a solo campfire time with God, your desire will be like this, to be so much more in love with Christ than you are right now, and you will experience the depths of Christ's love and purpose for you. See, that's, a good, that's good enough right there, so we're going to pray and close up the service. Ready? Just kidding. No. That right there is good enough. That's all we need. If we just took that tool and said, okay, I'm going to go and spend solid, you know, uh, solitude time with God, that would be good enough. But so many times in our culture, we're just over inundated with information, information. So I'm going to give you two more points, but I'm hoping that you'll go and practice at least one of them this week. Amen? That's my heart. So the next thing you need to do, you need to, if you want to you know, increase your passion, to reignite your passion, you, you need to engage believers around a campfire. You've got to connect. See, you're more likely to keep your passion for God because you're spending time around other people who have a passion for God. You become who you surround yourself with. Right, church? Yeah, those you surround yourself with is who you become like. If I come up to you and ask you a question and you're super passionate and you're talking about something, I'm gonna go, man, they're super passionate about that. Any grandparents in the house today? Grandparents, you know, if you wanna get them talking, what do you do? You ask them about their grandkids, right? Yeah, they'll go, yeah, let me tell you about them. I mean, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, they used to have to pull out a whole wallet with just pictures. Look at them all, yeah. Now they have iPhones. And it's like, let me show you this video. He was taking his nose, then he ran and he fell down. Ha, ha, ha. (laughs) We become who we surround ourselves with. Things that we talk about are what we're passionate about. Are you passionate about God? Man, surround yourself with people. You may yourself not be passionate right now about your relationship with God, but if you surround yourself in a life group with people, those people can rub off on you. You can grow in your walk together. Amen? Amen. That's why life groups are so important, man. We've got to get connected. We've got to get connected. Life's difficult. There's going to be moments in life where, you know, you have a crisis in your life. But you shouldn't just run to a life group because you're having a crisis. You should want to join a life group because you want to experience God and you want to live life together with each other. You and I weren't created to be alone. I mean, just ask, anybody watch the Discovery Channel? Sometimes I watch the Discovery Channel and there was a TV show, it's called Alone. And they put, I think, 25 people out in Alaska, all over in the wilderness, and they said, hey, whoever wins gets like $500,000. Well, for $500,000, I could probably try to do anything. But, so they were out there, 
and they're alone. They have no contact with people. All they have is this little button that says, if you're in a panic and you want to give up, just hit the button and we'll show up in the boat and it's over. I watched some of this kind of documentary and I watched it and they were like, man, you know, the guy who won was a believer in Christ. He said, it was really my faith that kept me going. Nobody who is alone likes to be alone. People may choose to be alone, but they don't really desire it. It's not fun to be alone. I want to encourage you today, church. If you're married, you're single, if you're new to new life, man, in a couple weeks we're going to roll out life groups. And sometimes I feel like we, we talk about life groups till we're blue in the face, but really it's the heart of God to be in community. If you read all through the Gospels, what do you see? Jesus and the 12 disciples, he had a life group. Life groups work. Life groups matter. Life groups change your life. I understand we're all busy and we all have schedules and we have all the things. If it matters, you'll make time for it. If you want to grow in your passion for the Lord, if you want to grow in your understanding of God, then you'll make time for it. And that's really what we've got to do, church. We've got to come to a place and go, God, I need you. I desire more of you. I, we need to be in community. I need to be in community around people. So find, I challenge you, find a life group support system to help keep your passion alive in difficult times and in good times. Hebrews 10 says this real quick. It's going to come up. Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let's not give up meeting together and let us encourage one another. Last year in one of our college life groups, we were talking about how, how can we impact our community and somebody said, hey, I, I heard of this, uh, this church one time. They got, everybody donated a dollar, and they got a bunch of quarters, and they went down to the laundromat, and they just paid for people's laundry and just started conversations with people and asked if they could pray with people. And if people needed food, then they bought people food. I said, awesome. I said, should we do that? Uh, I said, let's try it. So one day, we just said, hey, everybody show up. We're going to go out, and we're going to just bless people with paying for their laundry and talk and pray with people. Man, it was awesome. People came back with stories going, man, tears in his eyes. Yeah, man, this guy, he said he had heard about our church, but he never came because he didn't know anybody. But we invited him to church, and he said he was going to try to come back next Sunday. He was going to try to come next Sunday. I mean, that's what life groups do. People spree each other on. They go, I got an idea. It's dumb, but we're going to try it anyway. No, it's good. It was good. It was a good idea. And we need to spur each other on. We need to encourage each other to do good deeds. Because some of us, were like so introverted. We're like, I don't want to talk to anybody. Like when we see our own shadow, we're like, ah! But life groups, man, they stretch you. They stretch you. They're, they're amazing. Some are like, you haven't been to my life. Well, get a different life group. <laughs> Okay? Some of you, I mean, that's it. Some of you are like, I go to the same life group every year. I don't change, and I don't want any new people coming to our life group. That is not the heart of God. <laughs> Amen? That is not the heart of God. So, hey, if you're like stalled out, you have no passion in your life group, go find another life group. Go get connected. Go meet some new people. Man, new life is blowing up. P new people are coming all the time. We've got to make room. I know you're here, like, we've got to make room for more. I, I got that. We do. But we got to get out and meet new people. The body of Christ is so much bigger than just the four walls. Amen, church? It's so much bigger than the four walls in North Platte. So much bigger than the four walls down in the venue. 
we got to get out. God's sending people. They're coming. Today, you're coming. God's doing something. He's drawing you here, whether if you're a college student because you're here for free food or not, but you're here. And we got to meet people. we got to connect with people. we got to engage with people. When you think about a campfire, what's the number one thing you think about? Fire! All right, cool. Pyro guys, we'll talk later. Awesome. Some of us is s'mores. Maybe it's kumbaya. Kumbaya, my lord. Okay, no, I'm not going to sing. But I don't know. But most importantly, it should be people. When you engage in a fire, a campfire, it should be about the people that are around you. The conversations, the stories that take place. I mean, if you just went back and thought about a campfire that you maybe experienced this summer, it's with family. Probably refreshed, felt refreshed and encouraged. You felt better by going to the campfire than by not making it to the campfire. See, it's when we position our lives as a community of believers around Christ at the center of the firing, we experience God's blessing and best. When you're in a, when you're in a life group, you experience unspeakable joy. It's a place to celebrate life together with each other. Life groups strengthen and that there's accountability against temptation. It's a safe place to share your struggles. There's spirit-led advice that takes place in life groups. There's encouragement that takes place. So today, I got a couple questions for you. If you feel passionless today about your relationship with God, here's a couple things I want you to think about. Have you stopped attending church regularly? Some of you are like, man, I come to church every Sunday. Okay. Some of you may be like, man, I, don't, I only attend church maybe once or twice a month. Or, hey, we haven't been here in a, in a few weeks or a few months. That's okay. But I'm just, have you stopped attending church regularly? Have you drawn back from those relationships around other believers? I mean, there's a lot of reasons why we don't show up to church. I mean, we have a, an amazing online campus. Some of you are like, I'll just watch it on the internet. I like wearing my pajamas to church, yo. Fine. Some of us are like, hey, I'm too busy. We got other stuff going on. We got kids stuff, sports stuff. I, I got it. Hey, we'll get back to church when fall starts. I, I got it. But what happens is, is when we disengage with the church and with God, our, our passion level dwindles. And then we wonder like, man, why is God so far away from me? And God's not really far away from you. He's just, you haven't been pursuing. You haven't been seeking him out. You haven't been making time for God to be into your, in your life. And so you're like, man, why is God so far away from me? Why is my heart, man, I used to be so on fire for God. Now I just feel like there's no passion. See, if you have no inspiring contact with believers, your heart will grow passionless. You've got to have believers in your life pouring into you, loving you, encouraging you, spurring you on. The last couple months, I've had two people come up to me, and, and I didn't know I was actually necessarily going to preach this, but two people came up to me like, man, Nate, um, I just didn't feel like I just have no passion for God. And I was like, okay, what's, what's going on in your life? And they're like, yeah, we just, we, we stopped going to church. Oh, really? Oh, what brought you to church today? This was a couple weeks ago. And he's like, well, we've been watching, we've been, my family and I, we've been watching, you know, church online. I'm like, oh, how's that going? Oh, it, it's great, man. We, I, I don't have to even wear a shirt if I don't want to. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Thank you for wearing a shirt to church. But I said, okay. And he's like, man, uh, I said, well, how's your experience been today in church? He's like, man, I just feel the presence of God. He's like, when I walked into church, people came up to me like, man, we've missed you. And we're so glad that you're here. Where, where have you been? And he's like, man, I, I miss that connection with people. I thought, man, we're doing the right thing by just watching it online. 
And, and it's good. And people will tell you, you don't have to be a Christian to go to church. That's true. But if you want to be a passion-filled Christian, you need the body of believers to be around you. I don't know about you, but I have a lot of voices in my head. Anybody else? Be honest. We do, right? We have a lot of voices that are speaking negativity, darkness, hurt, hate over us. And it's good that we get, you know, video feed that comes in, but we need fleshly feed coming into us. We need brotherly and sisterly love around us going, man, I'm praying for you. I'm, in, I, I'm just here for you. Do you need some coffee? Let's go get some coffee. Let's just sit down and let's just share your heart with me. That's what we've got to be, church. That's what we've got to do. It's got to be a mandate. It's got to be something that, that we desire more than anything. To reignite your passion, number three, you need to take the campfire of God with you into the world. Two weeks ago, a week and a half ago, we had a, uh, a leadership summit. How many people were here for Global Leadership Summit? Any of you? Man, amazing, amazing. Thank you so much, Pastor Jeff and leadership team for putting that on. It was incredible. Um, and if you missed out, you missed out. So, you know, we're going to do it again in the future. And all of you who are out in North Platte, man, it was amazing. But there is the pastor, Bill Hybels. He's uh, the pastor of Willow Creek Church in Chicago. And, and he, he said this many times, and I've heard it before, but he just... He just shared it again. He says, you need to, you need to remember. He says, through, the, through Jesus, the church is the hope of the world. We must be passionate about helping people come to know Christ and about helping Christians grow to be Christ-centered. We've, we've got to do that. You've got to take the campfire. So um, you connect with God. He, he speaks to you. Your passion level increases. You surround yourself with people, other believers. Your passion level's increased. Now it's time for us to take the light of the world, this fire that God has put inside of us. We have to take it to the world, amen? We have to take it outside of the four walls. We can't just go, oh, cool, man. I feel super hot, man. This is awesome. Like, the passion of God is great. No, it's not good enough for us just to hold on and just be self-absorbers. Too many... Our culture is all about consumption, right? You know, if you're in economics, you see, man, like, get, go make a great product and people will buy it. Some of you are from an older generation where if you had something and it broke, what did you do? You fixed it. My generation, what do you do? If something breaks, go buy a new one. I mean, all we do is consume, 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 consume. And God says, hey, consume from me, but dispense of me as well. So we've got to take the passion that we have for God to the world. Guess what's getting ready to come up? What's about ready to start in two weeks? Football, right? Everybody loves football. Oh yeah, Huskers. Whatever. Okay, in first service, I was like, football, and everybody's like, yeah, and I'm about ready to walk off the stage. I'm like, people show up to a football game, what do they do? Paint their face, man. They're like, yeah, crazy. They even take off their shirt and paint their bodies. You talk about Jesus and get a little excited, they're like, freak, what? You see what I'm saying? We've got to be okay with being passionate about Jesus. And I'm not, I'm not saying you have to be like me because I'm a little different. But you should be who you are and be passionate about Jesus. So what I want to encourage you to do is talk about Jesus. You should be able to share what God's doing. People come up to me all the time I'm, when I'm in a coffee shop and it, sometimes it's a lot, it's, it's older people and they're like, hey, I'm not around in your circle of influence and what God's doing at the church. So tell me what's going on. I'm like, and they're like, oh, praise God, why are you so passionate? I'm like, man, because God's doing awesome stuff. And, and people go, man, I, 
That excites me. I want to be, can I come join your team? I'm like, sorry, you're a little too old. But pray for us. But it's okay. You should be able to talk about what God's doing in your life. When somebody asks at work, man, be honest. Yeah, man, life's difficult. But God's great. God's good. His faithfulness, his mercies are new every morning. Like, I have nothing to fear when God's, on my, on my worst day, God is amazing. On my best days, God is still even more amazing. You know what I'm saying, church? So you should be able to share that, and that passion should be like, okay, cool. Like, man. I met with a girl a couple weeks ago. She's a college student. We were hanging out. And we were, she was just sharing her heart with me, and, and I said, okay. And she's like, man, I just am dealing with depression, and my life is just difficult right now. And so when she's talking, I'm trying to listen. You know, sometimes it's a rarity in our culture. When people are talking, you're just like, yes, I'm listening. So I'm listening to her, but I'm, while I'm listening, I'm also asking the Holy Spirit, hey, Holy Spirit, what am I supposed to say to her? So I'm listening, and, she's, and I felt like the Holy Spirit said, ask her if she's ever ran a three-legged race. I was like, What? So I'm having this double conversation. I'm listening and I'm talking to the Lord. Ask her if she's ever ran a three-legged race. And I said, oh, okay. I said, hey, have you ever ran a three-legged race? She's like, yeah. I said, what, what happens in a three-legged race? She's like, well, you're tied to, you know, your partner. And, and you have to get, you have to, you have to step, walk, and then once you get the tempo going, you can run. I said, yeah. I said, God's telling me today that he wants to walk in step with him, or in step with you, but you're not allowing him to lead you and guide you. Tears fill her eyes, and she's like, man, that's all. she's like, do you tell everybody that? I said, no, that was only for you. I said, so what are you going to do with that? She's like, you know, I, I'm not really interested in running a three-legged race with God. And I said, oh, Okay. At the end of our conversation, I'm walking away going, yes, that was awesome. Thank you, Jesus, for speaking to me. I was passionate. I was jacked up. But I was also hurt going, man, what? God has his best in mind for you, and you don't want it. So what I'm telling you, church, there's going to be moments where in your passion, in your level where God is speaking to you, that you speak on behalf of God, and people are going to go, no, thank you. I don't want to hear it. What are you going to do with that? How are you, how are you going to walk away? Are you Are going to go, whoa, man, whoa, it's me. Are you going to go, thank you, God, you're still awesome anyway? Because it's, 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 not, it's not about their response anyway. It's about you being faithful to God, and he'll do what he has to do, church, amen? Be faithful to God and communicate and say, but don't be bashful, don't be ashamed, be bold, be strong, for the Lord our God is with us, amen, church? Man, he is for us. He is not against us. You can be bold. There's so many people out there that are passionate and bold for so many things that I believe God's wait, waiting for the church to wake up and go, come on, are you going to be bold and passionate about me? I mean, I went to the cross for your sins. It's called Passion Week. I did it for you because I love, I love all of humanity. I don't care what their sin is labeled or what it looks like. I just care and love people. Do you love and care people enough? to go, you know what, when I'm, in, when I'm around them, I want the aroma of Jesus. I call it stinking pretty. Stink pretty for Jesus. If you're at a campfire, what, everybody knows when you're at a campfire, right? Because you leave and they go, dude, where have you been? Why do you smell like ash? I've been at a campfire. When you walk away from experience the presence of God, you should stink pretty for Jesus. 
So people should go, there's something different about you. I don't know why, what's different. They're probably not going to go, you, you stink pretty. They're not, probably not going to say that, but they're going to go, dude, there's something different about him or her. There should be something identifiable about us when, after an experience with God, amen? We should look different. We should sound different. We should be different. Mark 8.35 says this, only those who give away their lives for my sake and for the, for the sake of the good news will ever know what it means to really live. Man, you, you and I are designed, our heart's desire, man, it should be to, to passionately pursue Christ. See, God has wired you in a way that you will never be truly passionate unless you're giving your life away in his work. So many of you college students, you're going in, to, you're going to work in a, mar- in a marketplace, praise God, but don't be bashful about Jesus. Share Jesus, be pa- just as passionate about him in whatever it is you do. If you're in the marketplace today, be passionate about Jesus. And the thing is, is I love people when I go into a supermarket and maybe they're sacking my groceries. They don't even say anything about Jesus, but just the way they live their life, you can tell that they love Jesus. You know what I'm saying? I mean, let your actions speak louder than your words. If you have to use words, then use them. But let your actions speak louder than words. And I know I'm preaching to the choir, but let's be those people. Colossians 4, 5 says this. Make the most of your chances to tell others the good news. Be wise in all your contacts with them. Be wise. Make every moment. There's going to be moments, guess what? There's going to be moments where you're going to be super tired. You're going to be super, maybe have a frustrating day, and guess what? That person, God's going to put that person right in front of you, and you've got a decision to make. You've got a choice to make. Man, am I going to just let the passion of the Lord just be radiant? Or I'm going to go, get out of my way. i got things to do. You know what I'm saying? And you may not say it like that, but you may hold back and go, you know what? I don't really got time for this. Hey, cool, great. Hope you have a great day. See you later. Bye. But the Word of God says take every chance. Make every moment count. Do it. Do it. Because there's people around us that are missing out. They, they, they're longing for the Jesus. They may not say it that way, but they're longing for the Jesus that we have, the hope that we have. Uh, my, my wife's um, grandma his funeral was yesterday, and so we, we were at the, at the funeral, and, and we were hanging out, and uh, there was a lot of stories that were shared, and I was connecting with some of the family, and they're like, man, you just seem really excited about what you're doing at, at this church. I'm not sure what their relationship is with the Lord, and I was like, yeah, I was like, man, they're like, I'm not sure if I've seen somebody that passionate about, like, man, you're excited to hang out with college kids. I'm like, yeah, I love it. It's awesome. They're great. And they're like, man, that, that's, that's cool. I, I wish I was passionate about the things that I do. And it just made me think, man, man, if you're passionate today about Jesus and what you do, you are a blessed person. You're a blessed person. There are a lot of people who work a nine-to-five job and they hate what they do. They hate every morning getting up. Some of you, may, that may be you. Today, this message is for you. It's not just a message of, oh, go hang out with people, spend time with the Lord, and tell other people about Jesus. No, if you're in the wrong place, you need to get in the right seat. You may have to physically stand up and go, okay, God, I've been doing all this Man, this isn't, this isn't what you have for me. This isn't what you destined for me. This isn't your plan and purposes for me. I need to get up and move and say, God, I'm humbling myself before you. Position me where you want me and use me how you want to use me. That's what this message is all about. It's a heart of brokenness. It's a heart of humility saying, God, I need you. 
This world needs you. How can I be the solution? See, church, we are God's plan A, and there is no plan B. The church is the hope of the world. That is God's plan A. There's no plan B. We've got to learn to become selfless, better at it. We've got to learn to engage people despite how we feel, like people, don't like people, long hair, short hair, whatever your hiccup is. We've got to learn to engage people, connect with people. Think about it this way. It's what we do in here today in our personal campfire time with God each day and with each other in life groups that gives us faith, passion, and boldness to change someone's forever out there. I'm going to re-say that again just so you can you get it and grasp it. What we do in here, in worship, what we do in our personal campfire time with God each day, and what we do in life groups gives us faith, passion, and a boldness to change someone's forever out there. If you can't get passionate and bold about Jesus in here, there's no way, how are you going to be able to do it out there? And it's the same for me. I don't want to preach something that's just head knowledge. I want to preach something I'm living and I'm doing. And Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. He's, a wor- he's worth being passionate about. He's worth being bold about. He's worth going up to somebody and saying, hey, man, I see that you're broken or you're hurting. Can I pray for you? Can I invite you to church with me? Can I meet whatever need it is? Hey, I may not have much, but can I bless you? He's worth it. He's worth it, church. Today, would you stand with me as we, as we wrap up today? Jesus, you are worth it all. You paid it all on the cross for our sins. You transformed us, you shape us, and you mold us each and every day. And Jesus, you just ask that we would be people who humble ourselves, who humbly come before you and say, God, here we are. I want to grow in the likeness of your son, Jesus. God, that's your heart's desire. God, that we would become not not people of passion of personality, but we would be passionate people because we've been changed by a passionate, loving God. So Jesus, would you change us from the inside out? Start with my heart. God, you, you can't do anything with me if you don't have my heart, so have my heart today. Have my speech. Have my mind. Have these hands. Have these feet. Have this, this tongue and use it. Man, I walk in fear. But Jesus, may I be bold and confident in you. So Jesus, today we pray for those people that are here in all of our locations. God, maybe they just feel like, man, they're, they're lacking passion. Maybe some of them are going, I, I don't even know who Jesus is. Jesus, today I know that you're speaking and you're drawing people to yourself right now in all three of our locations. 
So Jesus, may we be people who humble ourselves and respond to you today. In all of our locations, there's, there's altars, church. It's a place for the hungry, for those who come and say, God, I lay myself down. Transform me, shape me. Jesus, we desire you today. Have your way in us. And everyone said, amen.